0: Persons listening to this show should experience varying degrees of euphoria and might radiate a warm glow of truth from their entire being. This phenomenon sometimes lasts hours after a typical brain massage. If you are listening with another lights-on listener and they begin to glow, don't be concerned. This is a phenomenon normally associated with Pastor Scheidbach's patented brain massage technique and merely means the truth has set them free. The Devil Beware. Pastor Scheibach is on
1: the air. Hello, I'm Dr. Scheidbach, pastor at the Lighthouse Baptist Church in Santa Maria, California, and your brain masseur. Get ready for your brain massage. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice, but when the wicked beareth rule, the people mourn. Proverbs 29 2. Cromwell coined the slogan, No King But Jesus. Now, he would be the righteous in rule, and some of our revolutionaries during the war for independence used it. No King But Jesus. I wrote the book that proves it is what the Bible teaches. Get God's war. Digital war hardback. Go to books at dbp.com. That's David Baker Paul. Books at, that's the word at, dbp.com. Super Bowl wasn't, and the mRNA vaccine that isn't. What about presidential immunity? Should it be absolute? Democrats invite foreign ambassadors to vote in D.C.? Really? Really? Surprise. Fanny's got her penny in a knot. Watch her here, linked in my notes. Sounds like uh, Fanny's getting a taste of turnabout fair play. While Fanny has hers in the fire, that's just too much fun with that, that she started for Trump. Not far from her Fulton County courtroom, a mostly peaceful riot broke out featuring the arrest of Teresa Yu Shin, as daughter of James Shin, publisher of a Chinese Communist Party-controlled media outlet and a Chinese pharma tycoon making Teresa a CCP pharma's daughter. (laughs) Say that five times fast. Biden's DOJ arrested a former FBI informant, one of the few brave ones who saw something and said something. He saw the bribe money going to Biden from a Ukrainian energy company, Burisma. you know, the one Hunter worked for, And he blew the whistle. Well, now he's arrested. Another political prisoner, to add to the, what is it, 1,200 or more that they're holding right now? uh, In the dungeons of the Bidenista regime? Government propaganda media is freaking out because a Russian leader was killed in a Russian prison. The same media, by the way, that had nothing to say about the American journalist who was arrested and killed by the biden zelensky regime in ukraine not all the salt is depleted from the united states justice system not all of it idaho house officials passed a bill allowing convicted sex offenders to face the death penalty if they abused children under the age of 12 years way to go idaho nimrod's power saws are buzzing and the brick lane masons are busy <laughs> Uh, here's that whack job that virtually destroyed New Zealand during the COVID-19 scandemic, Jacinda or Jacinda Ardham, telling us free speech is a weapon of war. Hmm. And in the meanwhile, they are working on what you might call a de-evolution program, creating monkey-human hybrids. Okay, my friends, it's time for your brain massage.
0: <laughs> Served here, flavored by delectable wit, delicious sarcasm, succulent sagacity, a gourmet meal for the
1: mind. The Super Bowl wasn't super. (laughs) It lacked luster, even drama, something you always expect when Mahomes scrambles about in the pocket or out of it. But it appears Swift did not disappoint, at least in the drama department. Glenn Beck's Blaze put together a great analysis of the game. See it here in the link in my notes. The article is titled, Satan Wrote a Funny Super Bowl Script, Ice Spice. She wore an inverted cross, and I understand she was observed flashing some satanic hand gestures from the uh, Swifty suite. Glenn calls Swift the gateway drug to Ice Spice. And he gets us ads are a gateway drug to a fully neutered Christianity. I know that Jesus knelt to wash his disciples' feet and encourage them to follow his example. So by all means, wash the disciples' feet. And pass out bottles of water to thirsty homeless people in the name of a disciple. I think that's a good idea. Uh, that, that is, as a representative of Christ, go for it. I like it. We are working to put together such a ministry at Lighthouse. The message, however, of neither of these loving gestures is, Jesus didn't teach hate. I am afraid, my dear friend, it is a bit more nuanced than that. Of course, he offered God's goodwill gesture, on earth peace, goodwill toward men. You can't have peace on earth and love evil too, though, right? The Word also said, ye that love the Lord hate evil. That's Psalm 87.10. And the fear of the Lord is to hate evil and pride and arrogancy and the evil way. and the forward mouth, David said, do I hate Proverbs 813. Oh, that's Old Testament, you say. Well, okay. So, you don't believe the Bible is the product of the Word, you know, who was in the beginning. You never read, you know, and in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God, and all the words came from the Word by inspiration. And then in verse 14, the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Well, anyway, Jesus actually used the word hate after his resurrection, when he was offering his evaluation of his churches at the close of the, what we call the apostolic era. A little while before the death of the last apostle, that would be the Apostle John, he praised the church of Ephesus because they, quote, hated the deeds of the Nicolaitans, end quote. You know, in the same way that he hated the deeds of the Nicolaitans, read Revelation 2.6. That's not people. That's deeds. You say, well, I got it. Have you? Have you got it? (laughs) Have you got my point? Uh, If you've got that, then he's got you. (laughs) Intolerance against evil is prized by Jesus Christ. Evildoers are by his word appointed to wrath, both from the imprecation of the Apostle Paul's prayer and then the vengeance of the sword of civil judgment mentioned in Romans 13:1 to 6. So, hey, if you want to go wash the feet of those strapped to the electric chair in Idaho, you know, for raping or otherwise sexually abusing children under 12, just do it before they throw the switch. If you think Jesus is going to kneel to the wicked and wash their feet on the day of judgment, just before he commands them to depart into the lake of fire prepared for the devil and his angels, well, I think you got that backward. Friend, every knee is going to bow to him, and every tongue will confess he is Lord. Remember, the washing of the feet was intended for those who had part with Jesus. That is, they were connected to him in some way. So, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part with me. So he told Peter. It's true that Judas was present, and Jesus did include him in the gesture of washing the disciples' feet, but he made it clear that Judas was not among the washed all of you are clean, but not all of you, see? Which, by the way, shows that this gesture was symbolic of a spiritual washing that we receive when our sins are forgiven. Even though we are washed, our feet get dirty as we traverse through this life, and we need regular washing. You Look at Revelation 1, 5 to 6, where we are told that we are washed from our sins by His blood. And then 1 John 1, 7 and 9, 9, where we're told that if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us. There's that washing, you see, in 1 Corinthians 7, where we are told to cleanse ourselves of all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. As our flesh is the closest point of connection with the world, so our feet, the closest point of connection with the earth, you get the idea. Keep up, class. (laughs) So, though our soul is washed, our feet get dirty and must be regularly washed in the water of his word, we need to be forgiving one another. It's really a, a very huge part of the message of that, that gesture. Indeed, Judas was fully taken over by the prince of this world. You know, the one that Jesus said, Hath nothing in me, John fourteen thirty. At the time his feet were washed by the master, Judas was with Jesus. Right? But he departed, didn't he? And as John, the apostle who observed all these things, later testified, those who go out from us were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us, For John 2:9. John was talking about those Judas characters that pretend to be believers, but like Judas, they hang around with the washed, but they're not washed. Nevertheless, this was recognized as an exhortation to extend ministry to the saints. You see that in 1 Timothy 5.10. And that included the custom of washing the feet of guests as they entered your home as a humble service. But I never noted any example of believers washing the feet of sinners in the streets or, well, anywhere. But there certainly would be examples of believers rendering humble service to their neighbors As God who pours the rain upon the just and unjust, so we likewise go about in the neighborhood doing good to all men. We certainly expect there would be examples of believers rendering humble service to their neighbors throughout every day and wherever they might be. I mean, by all means, live ready to serve. Return the shopping cart, okay? (laughs) I mean, at least move it out of the parking lot, I'm just saying. All right. Yeah, be a servant. But not of men, of Christ. Two men... A servant of Christ, not as men-pleasers, but as servant of Christ. Ephesians 6.6 Jesus never took a bowl of water and went into the streets to find some beggar's feet to wash. He fed them, man. That does a whole lot more for him. And the woman he forgave of adultery was instructed to go and sin no more. I'm not missing the point of the ad. But the ad's leaving out a whole lot of points. The ad communicates a partial truth. That's not surprising. Christianity today has been preaching a partial gospel for quite a long time. I'll have to address the mRNA vaccine that isn't on Brain Massage Live on Saturday night at about 8 o'clock. Hold on to the break, my friends. I'll be right back.
0: Most believe Satan owns the world and has the right to rule it. They think Christians should leave politics to unbelievers, that believers have no place in government. Well, Christians, how's that working for you? You see, the fact is Satan has fed you a lie. Satan depends on Christians staying in the dark about the fact that Jesus Christ defeated him, and Satan has no right to rule one square inch of territory on this planet. Learn the truth. It will set you free. Go to GodsWar2020.com Let my people breathe. Unmasking the mass controversy with science and scripture. Available wherever you buy your books. The Devil Beware Pastor Scheidbach is on the air.
1: Hello and welcome back. I'm Dr. Scheidbach, pastor at the Lighthouse, your brain masseur, and Paul Revere's lantern lighter. Lighting the lamps of the church belfry arch. singling the enemy is on the march, an enemy that would steal from us our liberties. What about presidential immunity? Should it be absolute? The Constitution does not specify this as an absolute privilege of the executive. The argument on the side of executive immunity is a political one. And it goes something like this. Without it, there will never be uh, an end to the cycle of recrimination from one party to the next. Endlessly. Uh, Just uh, constantly embroiled in lawfare. Well, that is certainly true of the Democrat Party. No question that something would have to be done to discourage that kind of nonsense. The weaponization of the Department of Justice that we see right now in the Obama and Biden administrations make all that very clear. But the legal basis for it is actually a bit weak. Uh, back in Nixon's day, that's President Nixon, you know, the Watergate guy, who was accused of weaponizing the FBI against a political opponent, and he got caught up in a huge cover-up scandal. They never proved the uh, the allegation, but the cover-up is what brought him down, and made it look incriminating anyway. Before that, some contractor had brought a civil suit, a lawsuit against Nixon, based on the idea that. He deserved a a compensation for losses, he incurred, that were connected to a political policy of the Nixon administration. This made its way to the Supreme Court, which, upon the rationale that if presidents could be sued in a personal capacity for perhaps unpopular policy, well, it would make it impossible for him to do his job. It would demean the presidency. To get more background, go here. An article I posted in my notes. I have the link for you here. The closest thing the Constitution provides along these lines is the privilege from arrest, but it's applied only to the Congress and it's narrowly defined and specifically excludes treason, felony and breach of the peace, which some take to exclude crimes or criminal behavior. The argument on the other side of this is that presidents are vulnerable to charges of high crimes and misdemeanors and so cannot hide behind a blanket immunity from prosecution against crimes. Now, that's all very interesting, and I enjoy getting into stuff like that, but I'll have to uh, dig deeper into it, the Lord willing, this Saturday night during my brain massage live, uh, live stream. Let me just say, I don't think the Trump team really should try to argue for blanket immunity from all prosecution of crime for any president or any other officer of the state. I don't see that as a winning argument. I have a theory why he's pursuing it. I think he's setting Biden up for what happens to him whenever uh, we're able to get to him. I think Trump's best protection against legal harassment should arise from that argument in an honest court. And I get it. The caveat here is that we're in the words honest court. But we cannot start creating laws in response to dishonest operators other than to make their operations also chargeable as crimes. It's kind of like Bible interpretation. You start, you start making interpretations in response to error, you're almost certainly going to end up uh, postulating error. You start making laws that anticipate abuse and you're almost likely to end up with abusive laws. I believe the best defense for Trump is the fact that his actions to inquire into election fraud uh, were fully within the purview of his function as the chief executive. I mean, the assumption that he did it for political interests is a political, not a legal question. You can't criminalize political motivation. You can't criminalize intention. They're trying to. They're trying to establish that you might have noticed that that would be horrible if they do. To do so would be absurd. Wh- whatever you c- you could come up with, right or wrong, would reflect your a political point of view. If if somebody argues, well, the action cannot be politically motivated. Are you kidding me? What actions aren't? I mean, it's a bunch of nonsense. Virtually every single action taken by any president can be can be called politically motivated, one way or the other. I mean, p- connected to some political agenda. If you say, well, it can't be done to advance one's personal political career or power. Well, that's also nonsense. I mean, doing what constitutes a political interest is not itself right or wrong. You can't prove motives. You can only assess deeds. It's only if the deed itself that's done is wrong, not why somebody might have done it. Uh, Actions that are contrary to law, well, that's a different thing, of course. That can be assessed by the language of the law. Trump did not take any actions that were contrary to any law everything he did was within his prerogative as the chief executive and could as easily have been motivated by a passion to to preserve transparency and integrity in our elections as it might be said to be some kind of attempt to subvert an election let me talk to you about subverting uh, subverting an election when a public official hires someone to stuff ballot boxes with fraudulently obtained and completed mail-in ballots in new jersey as we know happened by Mr. Craig, well, that's a crime, friend, with the obvious intent to subvert an election. When a president says, I want you to investigate some reports of voter fraud coming out of Fulton County, that action isn't a crime. They need to remove Katanji, man, and put me on the court. I'm just saying. (laughs) I mean, at least I know what a woman is, you know what I mean? Democrats invite foreign ambassadors to vote in D.C. Yeah, no kidding. Can you believe these guys? a non-U.S. citizen from Hong Kong was appointed to the San Francisco Election Commission here in California. What are these people doing? By by the way, may I remind you that Hong Kong is under the control of the Chinese Communist Party? I mean, just in case you still think Bob Hope and Bing Crosby are doing their thing there. Uh, The road to Hong Kong, man, that was back in 1962. Things have changed, friend. I mean, back then when it was under British rule, No one for one moment would even think about appointing a non-citizen from Hong Kong to any city election commission here in America. Wouldn't even be thought of. Unheard of. Think about it. Think about what I'm saying. I wonder if this guy knows Swalwell's spy girl, Christine Fang, you know. I won't go to the joke on that one. Or maybe he knows Feinstein's driver. Remember the Chinese spy who drove one of our senators around for 20 years? Friend, what's with California politicians and their love affair with the Chinese Communist Party? Do you Democrats really think it's a good idea to run Newsom for president? Xi might like the idea. At least that picture of Newsom with Xi grinning at each other, released by the governor's office, by the way, might make you think so. I saw one depicting their initial greeting. It looked more to me like Xi was surprised he had to spend time with this bum. I mean, really, the most colossal failure of of a governor in the history of America. Yes, that's right. But he probably liked the APEC summit. You know what that is, right? The Asia Pacific Economic Cooperation Summit. It's held here in California. Uh, that's why they cleaned up the, the streets in San Francisco. They had to clean them up for Xi Jinping and his crowd. <laughs> and Newsom might be just the guy to tie down America under the foot of the Chinese. fanny has got her pennies in a knot. You can watch uh, a video that I have linked right here, uh, and you'll see it, she's angry. She's angered the high and mighty district attorney of Fulton County, Georgia, and the would-be Trump slayer, that she would be so demeaned as to be compelled to sit in a witness box and answer questions for her unethical behavior. Why, she considers this treatment of her to be contrary to democracy. I don't have to explain why. Uh, how ironic that is. You're smart enough, you'll figure that out. Maybe some of you agree with me, and it's rather moronic. But anyway, and while we are talking about corrupt politicians in a Georgia county famous for its role in stealing the 2020 election, we should not neglect this news from Atlantic City, New Jersey. Former member of the City Council of Atlantic City, New Jersey, and a political organizer for the Democrat Party, Craig Calloway, faces a criminal complaint alleging he illegally obtained and cast ballots in the November 2022 election. You know, that that one that secured the Senate in the hands of the devil's team, the Democrats. Uh, he's accused of paying several persons to carry completed vote-by-mail applications into the county clerk's office, which were completed without the approval of the registered voter. Oh, yeah. Sounds like while Fannie is getting a taste of turnabout fair play in Atlanta, not far from her Fulton County courtroom... A mostly peaceful riot broke out featuring the arrest of Teresa Yu Shin. That's daughter of James Shin, publisher of a Chinese Communist Party-controlled media outlet and a big uh, CCP pharma tycoon. That makes Teresa a CCP pharma's daughter. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, total Maoists, uh, you know, a member of the Antifa, by the way. Well, we knew they were all a bunch of Marxists. This chick was angry that a non-binary crackpot got shot by a cop that he shot at. Yeah, never mind that the state cop was shot uh, at by this character and then returned fire, and that's the shot that killed the non-bi dude. You know, but Shen's mother, I mean, she's a a global diversity expert. So, you know, you can't have any non-binary types shot by police, even if it isn't self-defense, Right. You have no defense against these perverts. I'm telling you, yeah, if they're men and they want to make you call them a woman, well, they they put it on you, or the reverse. If they want to marry and just it can make marriage some thing that was never designed to be, it was all about making families, and those guys can't. But anyway, I don't I don't know. Maybe they want to marry their favorite Jeep. You know what I mean? Or if they want to, or if they want to shoot you, but they get to do whatever they want to do. If you don't let them, well fine, okay, they'll come burn down your city. You better get ready. Because this is almost certainly a prelude to what's coming this summer from the democrat party near you by their BLM Hamas terrorist wing to be deployed by Soros at all. You talk about injustice, my friend. Biden Department of Justice arrested former FBI informant one of the few brave ones who saw something and said something, he saw bribe money going to Biden from a Ukrainian energy company named Burisma. you know the one, the one his son worked for. Well, this fellow blew the whistle. Now he's arrested, another political prisoner of the Bidenista regime. Government propaganda media is freaking out because a Russian leader was killed in a Russian prison. The same media had nothing to say about the American journalist who was arrested and killed by the Biden-Zelensky regime in Ukraine. followed by Hugo's, uh, by the moniker, D.C. Drano, he calls out KJP and the Bidenistas. Say his name, you cowards. Nimrod's tower saws are buzzing. The brick lane masons are busy. The globalists are in a panic, however. They have no moves remaining, friend. It's like we're at the end of a chess game when the number of moves is narrowed down to only what is predictable. Now we can see every move they make. Now here's that whack job that virtually destroyed New Zealand during the COVID-19 scamdemic, Jacinda Ardem, telling us that free speech is a weapon of war. And she says, therefore, censorship is necessary to protect free speech. These people are unreal. They think we're stupid. It's like the liberals, isn't it? To recognize something is a viable weapon and then set out to do everything they can to make sure the government has it all that the government controls it, you know, like guns. They're perfectly fine with guns. Actually, they're a bunch of liars. They pretend not to be, but no, they're perfectly fine with guns as long as they're the only ones that have them. They're they're okay with people with guns as long as the people around them protecting them. Don't let them fool you. They have nothing against guns. They like guns. They just don't want you to have one. Now, check your history. Every bad guy with a gun finally gets stopped by a good guy with one. The same is true of words. My friend, when the bad people control all the words, we're doomed. Words in the hands of the good guys are the only way to shoot back at the disinformation that the government puts out on us 24-7. Speak up, good guys. Use your words. Oh, and in the meanwhile, they are working on what you might call a reverse evolution program, creating monkey-human hybrids. What's that? You understand that if you're going to put humans in cages, if that's your plan, little 15-minute cities, well, you're going to need to dehumanize them first. That's a lot easier than trying to do it after they've already lived as humans long enough to realize they got something like rights, ask Mao, ask Stalin, how hard it is to govern people who think they have rights. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, you can't. Okay, well, ask Xi Jinping what kind of problems he and his devil-worshipping wife are having with those pesky human rights-believing Christians. It's just work, 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 you know. It's very difficult to be always trying to re-educate people, when, and it's, it's expensive, too. Uh, When all you really have to do is just kill them all. Make yourself a bunch of monkeys to replace them. Smart enough to get the jobs done. You need that. (laughs) The Revelation describes some very weird creatures, you know. They got these monkey hybrids. I was watching this video. It's pretty weird. The Bible talks about some very weird creatures. Probably going to be the product of monkeying around with genetics, eh? Listen to this description of an organic weapon that will be created for future use. It'll be a horse with a breastplate of fire and brimstone. It'll have the head of a lion. And when it opens its mouth, out will come smoke and brimstone and fire, which will kill one third of the population of the planet, my friend. They also have power in their tails, the Bible says, which are like serpents with a head on the end of that tail that bites and hurts. They are ridden by horsemen. Now get the number of these. Uh, The number of the horsemen will be 200 million I did say 200 million. I mean, it takes, a lot of, it takes a lot of people to kill off. What would that be? Uh, 2.5 billion people. You got 200 million of these weird genetically modified creatures that will be made into weapons that will kill a third of the world's population. 2.5 billion people, friend. I mean, if we go by uh, today's uh, population of the world, that's almost enough to make Gates giggle. <laughs> All right, my friends, I'll be in my pulpit Sunday. How about you come on out and let's meet. I've lit the lamps of the Church Belfort Arch. You let me know you see they're on. Email me by going to our website at brainmassage.net. That's brainmassage.net. Find the contact button and send me an email. You can leave a message for me on our listener response hotline. Dial 1-805-314-2114. God bless you, my dear friends. God bless America. God save California. I look forward
0: to seeing you in church. Science of a brain massage. The brain masseur uses words like fingers to massage your gray matter, forming insights in the mind that stimulate the pituitary to signal the adrenal to release noneparephra neurotransmitters and to fire these neurons through the sympathetic nervous system affecting the heart. The skilled brain masseur uses incisive logic to arrest our attention and nuanced razor-sharp rhetoric to cut away the tangled knots in our brains. When these knots are removed, the electrical impulse of stimulating insights fire the neurotransmitters so they can leap the synapse gaps. This generates a sparkling effect in the brain that can cause the countenance of a brain massage listener to glow. Additionally, sudden outbursts of energy caused by the release of glucose throughout the body increases the heart rate, while the pituitary gland in the brain releases all five types of dopamine at once. And this creates that sense of euphoria experienced by many brain massage listeners. And that's the science of a brain massage.